Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> He's already seen it, Mike. It's time for the December 14th, 2012 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review, a, a post-apocalypse guide to living. Broadcasting from the campus of the University of California at Irvine in the backyard of KUCI 88.9 FM, I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. Ooh. Hey, Mike, Mike. He's, oh, you're coughing again. Mm. This guy's coughing. He's got, what are the, those are the Ricola. I think they do put some sort of speed in those. Yeah, me too. That's okay, Mahler. I hope so. Yeah. I hope you don't mind, Mike, but I loaned Mahler the keys to your car. Did you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. He's going to take it out for a spin. Mm. Just around campus and stuff. You know, it's all right. It's pretty good that way. I mean... Because I I, I heard. Yeah. I just heard that dogs could drive cars. Huh. Yeah. I heard that on the news. So you're going to test that theory. I'm going to test it right now on on your vehicle, of course, not mine. Okay. Okay. In fact, Mike's mm-hmm. dogs did pass a driving test in New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> okay. After two months of training, two New Zealand rescue dogs, that means they were rescued from the pound. Right. They weren't, you know, going into the outback back and they weren't rescuing like, folk. Oh, right, exactly. Okay. Packed for the outback. Two New Zealand rescue dogs were strapped into modified cars and headed down a racetrack in what has been described as a world's first. World's first driving dogs. Yeah, I would think. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that that's something to be proud of, but okay, we'll just. Oh, it we'll is great. They, they have a little. Uh, they have a little video of it posted online. All right. Yeah, and it's uh, it's uh, how the kids call. What do they say about it? It's it's, it's gone a, viral. It's viral. Ah, viral. That's it. Gone yeah, viral. Yeah. The you cars know, have handles fitted on the steering wheels and dashboard height brakes, so the dogs are doing everything in here, as well as accelerator pedals and a speed limiter to make the sure, sure the car doesn't go above a walking pace. Because, you know, uh-oh. Yeah. Well, you do not I, yeah, want... I didn't do that with Mahler. No, you, you don't want rampage. You didn't uh, put the, de- no, the limiter put the, on there, did no, you? Oh, uh, my God. Uh, well, well, he'll well, probably come back with a ticket. Jeez. <laughs> it was all part of a campaign to encourage people to adopt dogs and cats because they're saying, you know, they had, a, they had an uptick in people just abandoning pets in Australia. Yeah, yeah. And they just want people to realize these are smart beasts. They can drive cars. You know what makes it that particular um, e- experiment even more amazing yeah. is they're driving on the wrong side of the road. In Australia, yeah. yeah. You'd think you'd they, think they yeah, would, yeah. yeah. They had to adapt. Yeah. You know, that takes something right uh, there, I would think. And why do they do that? Why do they drive on the wrong side I of the road in most places? I just anyway, don't get it. Something wrong with it. It's a challenge, I guess. I guess so. Egypt's opposition leaders have begun urging votes, vote, blah, 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 urging supporters to vote no. Instead of boycotting the upcoming referendum sought by Egyptian President Mohamed Morsi. Just say no. Just say no. Yeah, just vote no instead of boycotting. The vote will take place uh, tomorrow. I think that's a good idea. And one week later, another Saturday. Gotcha. Two consecutive gotcha. Saturdays. Morsi is seeking approval of a constitution drafted by, Isl- by an Islamist panel. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's, he's hoping for. I think that's all I got in Egypt here. Oh, okay. I'm getting bored with that place. Okay. Can I just interrupt? Goodbye, Candace. I think she hangs around a few extra Candace minutes. Candace from Waving Cornstalks, yeah, the show, the show that, just, prior to us. just prior to yeah. uh, Weekly Signals here. I think fine. She, she stays around. A she's on her, usually on her computer for a few minutes after after the show. I think she's taking notes on what not to do on a radio in a, a radio show, and then she leaves. She does about us. Yeah, she yeah. take about <laughs> yeah. ten minutes, and yeah. then she's got to go. Well, she's getting a lift from Mahler, I think, too. He was honking outside. That's right. I didn't. (laughs) Yeah. 
Israel confirmed it will withhold Palestinian funds until at least March in response to the recent vote for Palestinian recognition at the United Nations. Mm-hmm. That seems kind of petty, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I, you know, maybe I'm wrong about this, but mm-hmm. it seems, you know, well, well, those guys recognized you, so we're going to turn our back. Well, yeah. They... I guess, you know, I know it's more complicated than that, but it does seem petty. And I'm sure there are all sorts of there was a there was you know, a Israeli official I think it it was a high up official who went on um I don't know, radio or television to say uh, that they were yeah withholding um, uh, money uh-huh. uh huh tax money yeah. all kinds of things yeah. uh, uh, to the uh, Palestinians and basically saying that we're doing it because we can because we can just not any real you know they just of course they just gone through. Um, you know the military going into. We'll Gaza. show them. Yeah, it was really good. In addition to seizing Palestinian tax revenue, Israel also announced a radical West Bank settlement expansion since the United Nations voted to grant. We know this mm-hmm. to grant Palestine the uh, status of non-member observer uh, last month. So they're they're kind of getting them double whammy there. Yeah, yeah. By the way, the U.S. and Israel voted against that. By the way, yeah. The U.N. Security Council voted to condemn North Korea for carrying out a new test launch of a long-range rocket. You know about this thing, right? Is this another one of those Dong missiles? Yeah. Okay. A Dong. It was a Dong. It was, a, was it a longer or was it a shorter Dong? Do you know? I think missile. it was a, uh, it was a mid, mid-range Dong. Okay, so it, okay. North Korea says it is experimenting to put a satellite into space. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ah, sly cover when in fact we know mm-hmm. that they're getting ready to bomb the world. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't fool us. Yeah, you can't fool, fool us. Fool me once, shame on me. I mean, who would want who would want to put a satellite into space, you know? Uh-huh. You know, have a have a communication system no. or anything like that. No. no, they'd want to bomb the world. Absolutely. You know? World destruction, they're hell bent for that, for sure. The regime of Syrian President Bashar al-Assad fired Scud missiles. I always like that. Scud. It just sounds. Yeah. It sounds. Scud. Sounds like a. a can I say dickish? It sounds like a dickish kind of uh, scud. Dickish. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a. It's not like a patriot missile. Oh well, I could. I could get behind a patriot. Scud. Scud just sounds nasty. Mud. Mud scud. Dud. Yeah. Well. Just you know those kind of words. Yeah. Just doesn't sound. Fud. It's not a good PR move to fire a scud Fud, missile. Fud. Scud. Just on a lot of levels. Dud. Very many. Why do they call it Scud missiles anyway? I'm sure it stands. They fired for them at rebel fighters in what is described for. as a major escalation over there in Syria. Yes. More than six missiles have been fired. That's six missiles. That's one more than five missiles. Yes. Which is an escalation. Have been fired from around the capital uh, Damascus into northern Syria. The move marked the first time the Assad regime has used the Scuds in this twenty-month-old uh, conflict. Meanwhile, the Obama administration has invited uh, Syria's umbrella opposition group. They're against umbrellas, in case you're wondering. Well, it sounds like they – are they pro? Pro-umbrella or it anti-umbrella? It, umbrella group. It sounds like they're pro-umbrellas, doesn't it? Invited umbrella opposition group is what I'm saying. Oh. So wouldn't you be against umbrellas? Maybe so. It's an, uh, it. it's an umbrella It's a. I think what he's trying to say mm-hmm. is it's an all-encompassing oh, group. Oh, okay. Of opposition people. Gotcha. So you get all kinds. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, some of the opposition were doing stupid things, yeah. like blowing up buses. And, right. Yeah. And we, we had to kind of backtrack from our support of all opposition groups to Syria's al-Assad regime. 
Um, yeah, and by so, the way, so he'll be inviting those to the to the White House to share some turkey uh, chili that's left over from his meeting with Romney. I think. Okay. <laughs> um, and by the way, just you know, I, I was being a l- very flip when I was talking about Syria just a second ago, but very flip. Yes, when they the the military is using scuds, it's considered a, a, a serious escalation because they're basically indiscriminate. They're a very, very destructive weapon. Uh-huh. The Syrian rebels have gotten a hold of some surface-to-air missiles, which is greatly impacting this. It is impacting the Syrian Air Force's ability to, ri- uh, to fly around the country unimpeded. So things are escalating in terms of the armaments in Syria, and certainly doesn't look like it's going to come to any resolution anytime very quickly. President Hugo Chavez of Venezuela announced that he would have to go undergo another operation for cancer, yeah. and he designated his vice president, Nicolas Maduro, mm-hmm. as his successor if he should prove unable to continue to lead the country. Mm-hmm. Chavez may be out. Fourth. Fourth operation for cancer. That just does not sound like uh, a good prognosis. British and U.S. banking regulators proposed a joint strategy to ensure that the bankruptcy of big banks won't spark a chain reaction of contagion throughout markets. Mm -hmm. The two bodies acting on behalf of the two largest financial centers in the world, that would be here and there, Mm -hmm. Britain and the U.S., stressed that under the proposal, shareholders, not taxpayers, would bear the full cost and top managers would be sacked. Mm-hmm. Eh, I don't know if I'd buy this stuff. There's somehow I think I, somehow I think we'll end up. Yeah, we're going to talk they about already the, screw us over. Yeah, I think we're and we're going to. I hope we're going to. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about yeah. the other banking development. This oh couple, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll get to that. All right. Because that's you know this is like, this is the tease. It is. Yeah. German a gunman killed another female Afghan official in the latest in a series of violent attacks on women who provide who promote women's rights or are involved in activities outside their traditional roles as homemakers. This is in Afghanistan. Okay, okay. The acting director for women's affairs in the northeastern province of Alagaman was shot to death by two gunmen as she went on her way to her office. The director, Naja Sadiki, I believe. Mm. I said that right. I think you did. Ajija Siddiqui had been filling in for her predecessor, Hanifa Safi, who was assassinated in Logman in July by a bomb attached to her car. She was also promoting women's rights. Unbelievable. So there's this uh, just thread going between the two. Hard to even... In Canada, mm-hmm. Canadian campaigners are calling it a war on science. A slow and systematic unraveling of environmental and climate research budgets, and which had been established there. And now Stephen Harper, the uh, new conservative government right. premier, is said, nah, we don't need that stuff. This climate warming stuff is crap. Hundreds of researchers have lost their jobs, with those remaining reportedly forbidden from talking to the media without a government reminder. My goodness. Yeah. The government says the cuts are part of a... Uh, the austerity program. In other well, words, you mean, austerity yeah. for common sense. Yeah, and austerity. That uh, you can easily see the connection between not being allowed to talk to the media and austerity. Oh, That's yeah, an yeah, easy yeah, yeah. connection there. Mm-hmm. I would say that. Uh, well, what was going on there is there's the, the oil sand fields in Alberta. I was just thank that's, you. That's the. Uh, yeah. the, the well, that's that's the money maker. That yeah. is the money maker for Canada for decades to come, and they don't want people mucking yeah. that up by saying 
it's going to cause climate change. Canada just gave the go-ahead for a $15 billion takeover by Chinese state-owned oil firm CNOOC, or as we like to call it, CNOC. CNOC. That's of a Canadian company, Nexon, to develop the, the field. So we're doing some international uh, bargaining here. And by the way, the, uh, Canada supplies the U.S. with the most oil of any country in the world. Yeah. And uh, the Climate Action Network, that would be a, uh, a big-shot environmental group, yeah. ranked Canada as the worst performer in the developed world when it comes to climate change policies. Wow. Yeah. You would not think that would be the case, but... Yeah, that's what it is. Wow. Typhoon Bofa struck the southern Philippines. Mm-hmm. Now you're saying, why, Nathan? Why are you talking about weather? It caused flash floods and landslides. It killed at least 700 people and displaced more than 5 million. Still, why, Nathan? Why are you talking why, about Nathan, weather? Why, Nathan? Why? Speaking at the United Nations, COP18 Climate Change Conference in Doha, Filipino diplomat Nadarev Sanyo broke down in tears as he called on delegates to extend the Kyoto Protocol and assist developing nations affected by rising greenhouse gas emissions. So he's saying that there is essentially a tie here, that those flash floods, landslides that killed 700 people and displaced 5 million might have been a cause of global warming. Warming. Well, according to what I'm looking at right here, the caused by ty- Typhoon Bofa yeah. was the most southerly typhoon, typhoon ever recorded uh-huh. in the Western Pacific yeah. and the strongest to hit the Philippines this year. Sanyo said, I ask all of us here, if not us, then who? Did the old, if not us, then who routine. Yeah. If not now, when? If not here, then where? If not at Kyoto, when are you going to do it? When you're going to actually uh, just just as a come sort of up with a settlement that addresses these things, which they did not, they just extended their existing protocol until uh, you know uh, later so on for a another year. From year. Now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, this this uh, climate change conference in Doha. God, I remember I was looking at the LA Times last Saturday. It was cl- the conference closed last last weekend. There was a three inch column in a you know other news item other news with with like four or five other stories about this conference and what had been decided at it there are you'd be hard-pressed to to name a more important issue in the right now in the world overall in the world than climate change and in the la times there was a three-inch column saying yeah they extended some of the old protocols yeah it's just it's mad it really is it is crazy yeah a Chinese construction firm announced plans to flatten 700 mountains in order to erect a new city in the Gansu province. Okay. The Lazu New Area, that's what it's called, 500 miles of land, 50 miles from the city, uh, which is the provincial capital of arid Gansu province, could increase the region's gross domestic product by $27 billion by 2030. That's what it's all about. Who cares that the mountains are flattened, that the environment is screwed, yeah, we're going to get $27 billion. We're going to scrape it off this land. Hey, it's already received almost $7 billion in corporate investment. So I'd say uh, yeah. that's a done deal. That is a done deal. Yeah. Ah, well, look. Does he come back? Is he- yeah, yeah, he's come back. Oh, hey. wow. Hey, Mother, what happened to the car? 
Oh, oh no. yeah. Oh, that, that's too bad. That doesn't sound good. No, that does not sound good at all. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> Mahler's trying to apologize. He did a dent? <laughs> a dent, Mahler? Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A big dent, Mike. A big dent. It was almost. Left, it was almost paid off too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he left the car over by uh, Brent Center, right, Father? Yeah. No, actually, got I, his tail between his legs. Well, yeah, uh, he should. Poor guy. He left us. You know what? I know where he. Uh, he says that, but I know where he left it. He's going. He's always going over to those that dog park right here in Irvine. Yeah. He's, and he, he uses it. He got. He starts making out with all the French poodles and the. And yeah, he got a kind of a makeout oh, session over I there. See. So he's got some girlfriends over there. So I'm sure that's what he was doing. Was cruising by there and showing off. Because your car is what they call a bitch magnet, right? <laughs> it's a, yeah. yeah, it's a bitch magnet. Exactly. Uh, wow. Yeah. Exactly. <sighs> and I say that with all due respect. Mahler, Mahler really responds to bitches, don't you, Mahler? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He loves the bitches. <laughs> Iranian President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad yeah. reportedly crossed his legs. Uh-oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In retaliation against the crossed legs of a Swedish ambassador. There's a lot of reg, uh, uh, leg crossing. <laughs> the Swedish ambassador, Peter Tejler, mm-hmm. Tejler, mm-hmm. Tejler, okay. whatever, committed the apparently offensive act after a ceremony in which he presented his credentials to the president, which that in and of itself sounds pretty pro- so did profane. So did it know. become sort of violent leg crossing? Or I was guess it just so. Sort well, of it is unclear yeah. whether um, Ahmadinejad was offended by the ambassador's cross-leg pose or whether he was just relaxing. Now, <laughs> I, would be, I would be very curious, is that considered an well, insult? We'll get to that. Okay, well, we are. Okay. Photos from the meeting show Ahmadinejad himself sitting cross-legged. Okay. This is Crossing serious stuff. Leg. Yeah. The University of West Florida released a statement on why it is taboo in Muslim culture to show the soles of one's feet. Oh, that's what it is. After this happened, we got kind of an alert. Okay. Uh, Show the soles of your feet because pointing the soles towards someone is impolite. Their feet are considered dirty, closest to the ground, closer to the devil. Oh, Yeah, and that would do it. And farther away from God. Okay. Or if you're standing on your head. What if you stand on your head every day? What's up with that? Yeah. Yeah. Just maybe that's what he likes to do. So when in the presence of Muslims, be careful not to raise or cross your legs in such a way that the sole of the foot faces others in the room. Just a little reminder there, Mike. Wow. Okay. I guess. Thank you. I don't know if that's Thank really you. true. Thank you. Because I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So many things to talk about. So little time. So little The time. average sperm count of Frenchmen was found to have fallen between 2009 and 2005. And and they're they're they did a big study here, Mike, okay. and and they and they believe this is because of uh, of the uh, uh, endocrine disruptors. And that's what uh, that's oh okay, which which are found in, in much of the plastics and the stuff that we throw away. Yeah. So even the French are are getting getting it here. Even the legendary Frenchmen. Yeah. Their sperm count is down. Yeah. And, and those, those endocrine disruptors are from plastic bottles, metal cans, detergents, flame retardants, food, toys, cosmetics, pesticides. All those things can uh, lower your sperm count. So don't play with toys, Mike. Okay. All right. All right. I won't. I promise. Uh, the European Court of Human Rights made history in, by, favor, by ruling in favor of a Lebanese national who said he was tortured by the CIA rendition team 
partnered with Macedonia. Oh, I heard about this. So this was a uh, triumph, triumph for opponents of the uh, U.S. rendition program. Right. Khaled El Masri, a mm -hmm. German residence, was subjected to torture and ill treatment both in the country itself, Macedonia, and after his transfer to the U.S. authorities in Afghanistan. Yep. Yeah. The ruling marks the first time the court has described CIA treatment meted out to terror suspects as torture. Yeah. Good. And it is. They it believe was. this will be a precedent. It was. We shall see. E -e. Wonder when they're going to bring uh, Bush to trial. Now, here in the United States, however, uh -huh. a military judge uh, presiding, presiding over a death penalty uh, trial. Uh -huh. Five prisoners accused of orchestrating the 9-11 attacks um, said that um, that torture or the implication that torture was used on these could be kept secret in the in the trial. So here in the United States, we're saying yeah. we're not going to say whether we tortured them or not. These five who are who are the well, I mean, but we're just we're just going to you can't we won't tell you whether or not we torture them and it's not they're going to they consider it not relevant somehow to the trial. Well, doesn't that mean they did torture them? Probably. Yeah, I, I mean, guess. Why, why would they you know say yeah. oh we didn't torture them? Why would they want to keep that a secret? Yeah. Why, yeah. yeah. Why would they say? Yeah. We're not going to tell you if we tortured them. Yeah. You would think yeah. that they would say they'd be li they would like to say we never tortured them. That yeah. would be a good thing to say because yeah. that would help your case, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's right, Mike. So yeah. you got it. Yeah, I got it. Anything else, sir? No. I got the thing on uh, Silvio uh, Berlusconi. Oh, he's back in the news because really? he wants to having run. sex with a. No, no, he wants to. He's going to go run for again. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well. Going to run in Italy. Be entertaining. Well, go ahead. Yeah, billionaire media baron. Silvio Berlusconi, who resigned in disgrace with Italy tottering through the European debt crisis, announced he is making a comeback and running for a fourth term as premier. Berlusconi re reluctantly stepped down last year after pressure from international finance markets. He was later convicted of tax fraud and is on trial in Milan for alleged sexual misconduct and abuse of power. When he was how, premier. What are these people, how many, what do you have to do in Italy to not be... Considered yeah. a viable candidate. Yeah, unfortunately, they they uh, they put together a widely respected uh, economist, Mario Monti, as as uh, as premier. They so they so, so, so they tried to fix their uh, their gotcha. problems, and now well, you don't know. He just wants to run. Of he course. might lose badly. Well, he and the, his deal is is that he owns a significant percentage of the media in yeah. Italy, and that's oh, one yeah. of the reasons he's able to win and able to hold on to power. So he just yeah. sort of turns. He has this propaganda machine that cranks this stuff out so interesting and uh, interesting. 125 mile long traffic jam you heard that right mike 125 mile long traffic jam how can you jam. have 125 go ahead that Where, would be pretty much from san diego to downtown los angeles yeah. i think how, how 125 mile long traffic jam brought travel from st petersburg and moscow to a three-day standstill oh my god a three-day standstill you're coming home from work Honey, three days later. Honey, I should be a little late for dinner tonight, but, you know, just... But, yeah. well, about three days late. Keep, keep it in the microwave. I'll be there in, in three, three days. I'm done international. All right, let's go. See you you want to go? I, but, yeah. but there is something we want to deal with before we get to our domestic stuff. Okay. And oh, yeah, so that's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, what okay. is it, Mahler? What do we want to deal with, Mahler? Mahler. Yeah, he's pretty. I'm a little mad at he's you trying too, to tell Mahler. me something. Yeah. yeah.
go. Well, he did ruin your car. What is it, Mahler? Come on, spit it out. Tell us what you got there. Is it drones? Oh, yeah, it's drones. What a good boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I have something. Google gave the World Wildlife Fund $5 million to expand a drone conservation program aimed at tracking elephants, rhinoceros, and tiger poachers. So they're going to have a drone up there looking down on the oh. on the savanna and okay. seeing if they can find any poachers. Sounds good. Yeah. Also in Drones in the News, the United States again launched its new pilotless military space plane as part of a futuristic Air Force program that has fueled speculation over its mission. That would be the X-37B, X standing for experimental, not Xene. Hmm. I wonder if Xene considered yourself experimental. You know, was, was that what was going on? Or was it just X, you, you know, know I, Malcolm I, X? Yeah, I, Is it Malcolm experimental? <laughs> Come on, what's going on here? The X-37B, which weighs five tons and is 29 feet long. Mm-hmm. It's about as wide as a double wide here mm-hmm. at the KCI. Right. Uh-huh. Right. Can return material to Earth in the way of the retired shuttle orbiter program. You know, in other words, the way I guess it can go out there and grab stuff. Oh, good. But it's designed to stay in orbit orbit for much longer at 270 days. It can stay up there because it doesn't have anybody in it. Nobody, no humans. Yeah. Okay. The last X-37B returned in June after orbiting for 469 days in a test of endurance. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So we got some So long, that's a drone. That's a drone. See how the, this, the, the distinction between what was used, we used to call just rockets— Rockets. And spaceships. Spaceships. Has now become drones. Drones. Kind of. Because there's no humans in there, I guess. Yeah. That's the main distinction. We so. can, well, but we, there were no humans in the first rockets. That's but true. we didn't think to call them drones. No. They weren't really doing anything except going up and down, yeah. though. Yeah, they were going up and then they were coming down. Aptly named. Rocket. <laughs> yeah. uh, also in drones in the news, Mike, a double tap. You know what those are, right? Uh, Usually, in mafia terms, that's when somebody shoots somebody in the head twice. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, Is that right? Did I get that oh, right? Oh, yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah, the same term has gained an even deadlier meaning in the 21st century with its new reference to U.S. drones striking the same target twice. Oh. Yeah. We've heard about a lot of those. In yeah, fact, we're, you know, yeah, yeah, go ahead. The CIA or military drone double tap does more than ensure targeted militants or terrorists in Pakistan or Afghanistan end up dead. Much evidence suggests that the practice also kills civilians who rush to aid after the first strike. So they're going in there to help friends, whether they're militants right. or not. They're, right. You know, they're people in there who have been killed. Right. We, we, uh, talk, we talked, I remember this. Innocents go in there and say, yeah. oh, you know, your head's blown off. Let me help you. Yeah. Next thing you know, their head's blown off. Yeah. That, that's where <laughs> even, even those who would defend the use of drones to kill so-called militants, mm-hmm. come on. Run, killing the people who are helping the people who we just targeted. Yeah. The Berkeley City Council is expected to vote Tuesday, that would be next week, on a recommendation to adopt a resolution proclaiming Berkeley a no-drone zone. Leave it to Berkeley. Leave Thank it to you. Ray. Thank you, Berkeley. If approved the resolution drafted by the city's Peace and Justice Commission, leave it to Berkeley. Leave it to Berkeley. Yeah. will attempt to ban the unmanned aerial vehicles from Berkeley airspace and prevent city agencies from purchasing, borrowing, leasing, testing, or otherwise using drones over the city. Well, why would they want them if they're... We can't go up in the airspace. <laughs> that would be just silly. It's However, just... the resolution provides certain exemptions, including f- for some hobbyist use. Oh. 
So, hey, Let's see there. we can work our well, way around that. I, I call that the uh, stalking boyfriend use. Isn't yeah. that really what that's about? Well, or, yeah, or the city yeah, can, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe there's some way around it, you know. They want to know something. Yeah. So so they, they backdoor yeah. some money yeah. to, like, the so they uh, give it to, to citizens you and me. for a safer neighborhood, yeah. you, which it, are really a, a, a cover group. A cover group for the For, for, the, the, for the drone lobby. For the drone lobby. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's going to be everywhere. It's going to be. Every- How are we going to deal with the people? Let's people. get let's this reality based radio show here. What and people? that is what are we going to what are we collectively going to do to in somehow some way regulate the use of drones because they're Shoot here them out of the sky. Well, you say yeah, we're going to have our own little yep. well, we have our own little yep. drone killer kind of technology. Someday. Yep. <laughs> Alameda County in California has become one of the central battlegrounds over the introduction of drones to domestic police work earlier this year. This is Alameda County up north. Mm -hmm. Alameda County Sheriff Gregory Ahern raised the hackles of local civil libertarians by declaring his intention to purchase a drone to assist with emergency response. Were Alameda County to purchase a drone, it would set a precedent in California. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're concerned with here, mm-hmm. which has long been an innovator in law enforcement tactics. Remember, we came up with the SWAT team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we, and we anti-gang uh, tactics such as civil injunctions. Yeah. We came up with those. Right. Yeah, the first documented incident of a drone being used to make an arrest in the United States, however, occurred in North Dakota in 2011 when local Police received assistance from a unarmed predator B drone that belonged to U.S. Customs. Oh, they've, okay. So we've already used a, a drone to apprehend someone. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, remarkable, isn't it? <sighs> you have, did you say you had other drone news there? I thought I did. I I, I don't. You don't I, have I drone was so news? excited because I thought I had some. some I didn't put it stuff? in my yeah. Didn't put oh, it in my, my packet. What are you gonna do? I know. Now. To domestic news. And let's just get Susan Rice out of the way. She's oh, not going to run today, for Secretary right? of State. Yeah, that was yeah. Just... Well, yesterday she gave okay. the president to Obama that said, if nominated, I am now convinced that the confirmation process would be lengthy, disruptive, and costly to you and to our most pressing national and international priorities. So she's not going to vie for the Secretary of State job, but uh, it probably would be disrupted. Because she and her Canadian husband, with a net worth of between $24 million and $44 million, own substantial stock in each of the three companies involved in projects to extract, extract oil from Canada's tar, tar sands region. The XL pipeline. Yeah. She has so she would have to make decisions in regard right. to this. Right. Uh, they also own a stake in the Canadian Railway, just for what it's worth, that runs it to that region. Yeah. So yeah. that would mean they get a little profit off of that, and as well as shares in Canadian banks said to be involved in financing the pipeline yeah. project, which would have to run through the Secretary of State's office and to get yeah. approval. It, it, I don't know if she's, you know, Madeleine Albright got all upset because Rice wasn't uh, confirmed or, you know, there was all this opposition to yeah. her. Well, but, I think that's you know, I, she would have gotten it from the conservatives who said she lied about this Benghazi stuff or yeah. that she knowingly lied somehow. Uh, and the liberal, I would think some of the liberal senators would have raised that as an as a, as an issue. Well, and, Madeleine Albright w- w- was upset that she was uh, she was in favor of Rice. Yeah, Madeleine Albright. Was, oh, okay. okay, I'm yeah. just saying that she wasn't uh, cheering this. She was. 
No, I got you. Weeping, I, I understood, being a but, former Secretary but I, of State, I think I think yeah. it would have been right for some senators to raise the issue of yeah. financial conflict. I, yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. But you never know. Um, and by the way, just a, in terms of speculation, there's a, that if she didn't get it, it would go to John Kerry. Yeah, and if John that's Kerry already in line. Is yeah. that pretty much in line? Well, well but what were you? Who who's well, next? No, I'm saying, and the, the speculation from that was that, that Scott Brown would would run for that Senate seat again. Oh yeah, yeah. We However, could, yeah. I heard this morning, and this makes some sense. That there are a couple of people that would probably be appointed in the interim basis, including the possibility of Barney Frank, and or a Deval Patrick, who's a very popular governor. Barney Frank. Yeah. Wow. You know, see, that would I make want very, Barney in there. Yeah. Or yeah. So Barney Frank. So there's no. Yeah. Slam. Yeah. Apparently, there's you know there's there there are some talks. I think going. that would be fun. Barney Frank, yeah, Senator forget Frank, this John Kerry guy, Senator Frank. I want Frank to represent this country. Well, and Duval, yeah. Duval Patrick, who is also a very popular governor, is termed out, and it looks like he also would at least be considered for that. So, uh, Scott Brown, you know, eat poop. You're not going to be in senator ever again. So, really, yeah, not going to happen. Barney Frank, and model, and former Playgirl Playmate of the Month. Who? Barney Frank? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> wow. Uh, the U.S. government said dangerous practices at HSBC. We talked. We had our keys yeah. early in the program. Yes, we now did. we're getting into the we banks. Are, we are. These dangerous practices at HSBC, which is a British bank, allowed the bank <laughs> allowed the bank to pass money to drug kingpins and rogue nations, as it fined it one point nine billion dollars. So we fined them one point nine. $9 billion and said, you're very bad. Yes. And largest, one of the largest fines I think uh, ever imposed. HSBC right? agreed to the fine, yeah. the largest of its kind. The U.S. Uh, US Senate investigation said the U.K. bank had been a conduit for drug barons. I said that already. Such as Iran, or oh, and nations such as Iran, against which it had sanctions. Yeah. Making it illegal to do business there. HSBC admitted having poor money laundering controls and apologized. Poor money laundering controls? Well, this is this is ridiculous. Yeah. Aren't you not supposed to really launder money at all? Yeah. How, I the, mean, is, is that the true. deal? How do they have poor money laundering controls? Some banks have much better laundering <laughs> yeah, controls yeah. than we, others, we, apparently. We strive but, for that, <laughs> and we fell short of our goal. give you an example of just how corrupt this bank is, and probably still is, it was blatant. They actually in Mexico, the 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 drug cartels actually had designed or purchased boxes that fit into the uh, teller windows. They literally custom made boxes of where they would put this money into the boxes, and so they made box this so they fit just neatly right through the teller windows. They uh-huh. were doing that much business yeah. with with this bank that they they went out of their way to make it easier. Mm-hmm. To launder money, and of course they had. Everybody knew this was going on, and again, nobody has been indicted. Nobody. It looks like nobody will be indicted. Yeah. Nobody is going to jail. No one's going to jail. They just paid the one point nine billion dollar fine, yeah. which is much, much less than they made off of these deals. Yeah, you know, it's 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 just a cost of doing business. I, I go back to Wells Fargo, who I think is just a despicable organization as well. Despicable. despicable. In terms of this stuff, they admitted that they had erred when they accidentally helped launder. It was like fifty or sixty billion dollars. They they determined yeah. was was uh, was dirty money. So, yeah. and they they apologized though. They did apologize for that. So I guess it's okay. But nobody's going to jail. Apologize, apologies. They had, apologies are nothing if you if if you don't change. Apologies no, are no, yeah, and that's no. not an apology. No, as far as I'm Oops. concerned. Oops, yeah, it's just kind of. Eh. 
sorry. Another British bank, Standard Chartered, agreed to pay a $327 million fine to federal and New York prosecutors to settle allegations of hiding hundreds of billions of dollars in transactions linked to Iran's Sudan and other U.S. blacklisted countries. So this all the, has to do with, and this is I, this the, what they call dark money that's yeah. circulating throughout the world that's related to drug sales, uh, illegal drug sales, human trafficking, all kinds of black market, uh, the black market economy, plus people have f- found ways to shelter their money in the Caymans and in the U.S. Yeah. The U.S. is, by the way, the, the, the largest shelter of, of uh, money in the world now. They oh. shelter more, you know, non-taxable money now. But the, there, there was a, 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 a study that came out not long ago, within the last couple of months, that estimated this um, this sort of black money that's circulating around the world that's uh-huh. unaccountable for taxes and what the rest of it is, somewhere between twenty and thirty trillion dollars. <laughs> now that money's got to go somewhere, and this is just a tip of the iceberg, right? With this yeah. this HSBC stuff, I'm just making the point: twenty to thirty. Trillion dollars trillion. Esti- estimated to just be floating around in, you know, and, and the from, fine is you know two billion. Yeah, that's a to a very bank that's small obviously involved percentage in stuff, of that. Right. Yeah. So, schools in America are to drop classic books such as Harper Lee's *To Kill a Mockingbird* and J.D. Salinger's *Catcher in the Rye* from their curriculum to favor in favor of informational texts. <laughs> American literature classes. Classics are to be replaced by insulation manuals. Are you kidding? And plant inventories in U.S. classrooms by 2014. No, I'm not. A new school curriculum, will, which will affect 46 out of 50 states, will make it compulsory for at least 70% of books studied to be nonfiction in an effort to ready pupils for the workplace. Whoa. This is the Obama administration at work. Suggested nonfiction text include recommended levels of insulation by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency and the Invasive Plant Inventory by California's Invasive Plant Council. So things like that will will be replacing Catcher in the Rye. The new educational standards have the backing of the National Governors Association and the Council of Chief State School Officers and are being partly funded by... The textbook industry or something? No. Bill and Melinda Gates. Okay. I, Thank you, Bill, for stripping us of, uh, well, for being more like you. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So there. I don't even so know what much, to say. So much for, for the arts, so much for yeah. the humanities, uh, so much for actually thinking, uh, asking questions within uh, literature. Uh, the literature now will become data to be remembered. And and I, I I can say that maybe uh, those absorbing that data will have the good sense to rebel against it and burn down their crappy schools and <laughs> rape their teachers. Well, maybe not that far, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I I I hope that uh, that we can uh, carry on in a uh, more romantically involved way and uh, lynch the uh, <laughs> bastards. Uh-huh. New York and its six other U.S. states uh, announced plans to see the Environmental Protection Agency to sue them for okay. failing to address methane emissions created by oil and gas. Good. Yeah. Methane is the second most prevalent greenhouse gas, in case you didn't know, Mike. Uh-uh. And it's 20 times more powerful at contributing to global warming than carbon over a 100-year period. That's a lot more, methane. 
So the Environmental Protection Agency, according yeah. to these seven states, is, is not doing its job. Not doing its job. And they're going to sue them over that. Yep. That's good news. Uh, details continue to emerge on the uh, Walmart ties to the Bangladeshi garment factory where 120 workers died in the fire last month. month uh, at least two subcontractors. Let me guess. Walmart yeah. denied any involvement. with. These well, they people. did already. Okay. They did like we right after the fire, okay, but at yeah. least two subcontractors. Contractors, subcontractors were using the uh, Tazreen factory to make Walmart goods when the fire occurred. Walmart has claimed it cut ties to a loan company that had used the factory before the fire, and yet they're proving that's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. Documents recovered in the fire's remains show the factory had billed one of the two Walmart subcontractors on November 24th, the very day of the fire. Previously, recovered documents have shown that five of the factory's 14 production lines, that means a third of the factory's production lines, were devoted to making Walmart apparel. Two people involved in worker safety oversight in Bangladesh have also revealed that Walmart played a key role in blocking the improvement of electrical and fire safety at Bangladeshi factories during a 2011 meeting. Because it was going to cost a few bucks more. Yeah. It's going to cost money. Yeah. Yeah, well, they have to make a profit here. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, Walmart, for God's sake, really. Come yeah, they're, on. They're, they're going under. Yeah, why, why? Why, oh, why? President Obama is under criticism for agreeing to accept corporate funding for his second-term mm. inauguration next month. Donors have been offered a number of sponsorship options, including the top tier of a million dollars for institutions and 250000 for individuals. The plan differs from Obama's 2009 inauguration, when corporate, lobbyist, and political action committee donors were banned and individual contributions were capped at 50000 So I guess he wants a fancier inauguration because yeah. he's such a great guy. He's a great guy. It also follows the Democratic National Committee's move this summer to renege on a vow to stage its convention in Charlotte without corporate donors. Ironically, Obama's corporate-sponsored inauguration will take place on January 21st. Mm. The two-year anniversary of the Citizens United ruling, allowing unlimited outside spending on political campaigns. Thank you very much. Thank you. A federal appeals court struck down a ban on concealed weapons in Illinois, the last remaining state where carrying concealed weapons is entirely illegal. The decision will force Illinois legislators to write a new law legalizing concealed weapons within 180 days. The federal government held a controversial auction to allow for oil drilling and fracking on some 18,000 acres of California public land. We're going to have fracking and drilling here pretty soon on our public lands. Okay. The Bureau of Land Management said at least eight bidders in Sacramento competed or competed for oil leases in areas of central California, home to some of the largest deposits of shale oil in the United States. Central California will probably go from being the greatest agricultural area in the world yeah. to being the the ugliest area in the world after we're through fracking it. I say more, more frick and less frack, Mike. <laughs> yes. Yeah. By the way, and I, what about you know you're gonna, they're going to be doing that in Central California? Didn't mean to interrupt, but remember mm-hmm. frack quakes. Remember that just, there are earthquakes in, in there. They've proven. Or well, let me just, least, uh, just yeah, exactly ahead. what I was going to say. The U.S. Geological Survey found that oil and gas operations caused the majority, if not all, the earthquakes in certain areas of New Mexico and Colorado between yeah. 2001 and 2011. 
the co-author of the uh, U.S. Geological Survey uh, scientist by the name of Justin Rubenstein called fracking a societal risk that we need to be considering. Thank you very much. Yeah. Man, I got it. I'm over, Mike. Well, I got one. Okay. And I'll be honest with you. I just saw, I just got it this morning, so I'm going to be a little uh, little ragged in describing this. But apparently chemists at the University of Paranon. Paranon. And also Virginia Tech have found that they are uh, a way to convert carbon dioxide, convert greenhouse gas, and convert it into fuel mm-hmm. for for uh, essentially they're working on a process. So carbon they, dioxide they take is the thing. Greenhouse is, gas and make it fuel. It's just the stuff that's destroying the world. They and f- will that fuel destroy the world also? Well, that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, by the way, we're only able to convert a tiny amount of the carbon dioxide into methane, and this process is slow, very slow and inefficient. However, they consider this to be the holy grail of science. They're currently working on this. Wow. You know, just you're right. Probably, you know, we we're going to. Well, you know, at least we don't you're know. taking energy and, you know, ex- ex- so release I just, energy. And I, could be good news. I'm just throwing it in there. Recycling energy. Recycling the really bad crap that's destroying the planet. And finally. A man in Long Island, New York, shot his girlfriend following an argument over the likelihood of a zombie apocalypse. You can imagine how that would piss you off. I'm pretty fired up just yeah. even bringing it up. Yeah. How do you feel? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Because we could throw down right here if you're, yeah. yeah. So I'm, bring, I'm packing heat, Mike. Look out. <laughs> he, he felt yes. very adamant there could be a military mishap that would result in some sort of zombie virus being released, uh-huh. explained a detective. She felt... It was ridiculous. 